this is the Fearless Fathers Podcast, a podcast for you, the fathers who suffer in silence every single day. Come with us as we hit those main topics that are just burning through your soul. It's going to get uncomfortable, it's going to be fun, and together we will become fearless. What's going on, my fearless family? Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Fearless Fathers Podcast. I'm your host, Davo, and I'm running solo on the mic today. There's no interviews. There's no Ryan. It's just you and I. We're talking. I'm bringing in a new Mindset Mastery Masterclass. If you guys remember way back when we started this podcast about two months ago, this was something I wanted to do regularly. I called it the Mindset Shift episodes, if you remember the imposter syndrome episode, and the first ever interview we did with a good friend of mine, TJ French, on positivity. Those episodes are designed to get you thinking in a new light, to build you out of a negative mindset and more in a positive way of thinking or just a conscious way of thinking and not just kind of going with the flow. So I wanted to bring those back, rebranding them as a mindset mastery class. Mindset is exactly that. It's a mastery. It's a skill. It's something you have to work on on a regular basis to become better, to become more fluent and to ultimately become fearless. If you can't master your thoughts, how are you going to master becoming the greatest dad or the most fearless father out there? So I wanted to bring these back. I wanted to hit this one too. Um, and these are going to become more part of a regular, I want to get these more into the regular part of the rotation as well too. So this one is a very interesting one today that I'm going to talk about. I've been talking with a lot of fans, a lot of friends and other family members, things like that. And one thing that I've been noticing coming up quite a bit, and even in like some Facebook groups I follow too, uh, one thing I've been noticing coming up is toxic relationships. So much so, not just toxic relationships in general, like the episode we did on toxic relationships and family members, but narcissism. Narcissism specifically. And noticing a lot of narcissistic family members on how it made or how it really resonated with their childhood And how they're using what happened in their life to not fall into the same traps that they fell into when they were a kid. Or not being the same parent that their parents were growing up or if they have that narcissistic parent. So I felt this one was an extremely good topic. Because it's something that, of course, never gets talked about. It's always hid under the rug. And it creeps up in our minds and it gives us nothing but crippling anxiety, depression, uneasiness, nervousness, a whole slew of emotions. So this episode is really going to be designated towards finding and understanding if you have a narcissistic parent or if you already know you have a narcissistic parent, ways that you can combat that to get rid of that uneasy feeling, to get rid of that uncomfortable feeling and really start to grow and foster and become better at the end of the day. But first, I really wanted to hit on what it really means to be a narcissist. You know, Ryan's the the stats guy. He's the numbers guy. I'm more the, you know, thought thinking, thought thinking guy. Yeah, we're going to go with it. Thought thinking guy. So I pulled this definition from the Mayo Clinic. I thought it was a really great definition because it it really resonates exactly what I'm going to hit today. And when they talk about it, the Mayo Clinic says narcissistic personality disorder is one of several types of personality disorders. It's a mental condition in which people have an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration, troubled relationships, and a lack of empathy for others. But behind this mask of extreme confidence 
lies a fragile self-esteem that's vulnerable to the slightest criticism. I want you guys to think about that for a moment. A mental condition in which people have an inflated sense of their own importance, deep need for excessive attention and admiration, troubled relationships, and a lack of empathy for others. Now, we see this constantly in narcissistic parents and people in general, but in this instance, we're talking parents, our own parents. We see that they, that they crave attention, that they crave admiration, that they want to ride on the coattails of other people or the slightest accomplishments they have. They, they want that praise. They want that glory. And this could easily attribute to social media itself. And I'm going to get a little into that too later on in the episode on that narcissistic personality disorder and how they use that for attention and admiration. But one thing that really stood out with me with that definition was troubled relationships. And we're going to hit a little bit into this, but I wanted to touch on it now in that narcissists don't know there's any troubled relationships and they don't know that they're a narcissist. That's the thing. A clinically diagnosed narcissist or even an undiagnosed narcissist is never going to admit that they're a narcissist. If you call them a narcissist to their face, they're going to use that word against you. Or they're going to say, I'm not crazy. I'm not a narcissist. You're the one that's a narcissist. It's you. It's you. It's about you. And that goes to that slightest criticism now that they become fragile and their mood changes. But in troubled relationships, they see everything as great. Everything is fine. People wear a fake persona around them because they don't want, they, they have to, they don't want to walk on, or they have to walk on eggshells or else they feel like they're going to get attacked for X, Y, and Z reason. And we're going to hit on a lot of that today too. So strap in, there's going to be a ton of great information when it comes into this. And we're just going to dive right in, guys. So when we want to look at how they become narcissists, the first thing I want to tell you guys is it's not their fault. It is not their fault that they are the way that they are. Whether it's through their own experiences or the environment that they grew up in, that's how they coped with whatever happened in their life. And there's, you know, scientific reasoning and studies and all that kind of all that other kind of stuff. But I'm not looking at that today. I'm looking at the mental side, the experience side, the environmental side of why somebody is the way they are. In this case, a narcissistic parent. So just remember that it's not their fault. It, com- it could be come from their upbringing. It could come from, you know, absentee parents or a traumatic experience that happened growing up and they latch onto that and they build and foster something else into forming their own reality. So it, it could really be a slew of all things. I'm not going to dive too much into that for the sake of the episode. But really, really, I think the meat of this episode is going to be their traits and behaviors and how you're going to combat that because that's what a mindset mastery is. In order to master something, you need to know what it is you're attacking and how you're going to attack that to become better. So when I'm going over these traits and behaviors, and these came from a couple different places, other experiences, people, online, all over that stuff. But these are five to seven, I would say. I think I have like seven here of the best ones that I could find that other people have talked about. And I'm not saying that this is an all-inclusive list. There's tons of different traits and behaviors out there. So take what resonates with you, throw the rest away, and we're going to dive into this here. So the first one I set in there is control. And I could really say that control and manipulation are one and the same. And I'm going to hit that again when I get down to manipulate, but teaser. But they set their own expectations for you. They have it in their mind that this is who my child's going to be when they get older. This is the path that I want them to take. Now, 
every parent wants that for their kid. I don't know one parent that hasn't had some kind of expectation for their child, whether it's giving them choices to grow up so they don't fall into the same traps that you did as a child or living vicariously through them to be an NBA all-star. Whatever the case is, we all have expectations for them. But in life, we have to learn to overcome, adapt, and change with the situations. The same thing for your children. Your children may not live up to your expectations, and that's okay. That is perfectly fine. Foster and grow what works for them, but don't force your expectations on your child. And that's what a narcissistic parent will tend to do. They will tend to force their expectations onto the child, onto you, and want you to live and basically live vicariously through them, whether they wanted you to be a star athlete or a manly man or whatever the case is. They're going to use, they're going to live through you some way or another to manipulate you and to make you feel guilty into doing what it is that they want you to do. And they're going to guilt you into thinking that they're what they want is exactly what you want. And everything's going to be okay. And there's not going to be any problems with it whatsoever. And everything is fine because they have what they want at the end of the day. The next one I want to talk on is marginalization. They nitpick, though, that they marginalize you. They bring you down. They, they chip away at the successes you have to just break you down and guilt you and this for that, the quid pro quo. You hear it all the time, right? If you're doing something great, hey, I just did this or I'm starting my business and it's getting bigger and it's growing and it's getting this. Oh, that's great, but you failed at this and you didn't do this. And they find the holes. They find the little things to pick at that's going to try and deflate you because they know who you are. They've done it for so long. They know your weaknesses. They know what they can attack and they know what they can get with to guilt you in and to keep that control going to say, yeah, oh, that's great that you're doing all that, but what you're doing isn't going to serve my purpose. So I'm going to find a way to bring that back around to reality, to my reality, which is then going to be your reality because everything I say is going to become you. And I want you to think about that. If you ever had an experience like that in your life growing up, if there were so many successes and people do it, And I'm not saying that every narcissist is going to marginalize you, but people will sit there and subconsciously say or unconsciously say, oh, that's great. Are you sure you want to do that? And it may just be a protectant. So I want you to think about that as well, too. I'm not saying that everybody is a narcissist because they marginalize you. It may just be unconsciously saying, are you sure this is going to be the case? Or you think you might want to go a different route with that. So just bear that in mind as well, too. The next one on this list is not validating your feelings. They're not going to agree or I don't want to say agree, but they're not going to say your va- your feelings are valid. They're going to find a way to bypass how you feel, whether it's about them or something else, to either relate to you directly or to really belittle you. And, you know, they could use words like, oh, I remember when something like that happened to me and this is blah, 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 and make it about them. And yeah, that was like me too, or the extreme end, but it happens. I've done everything for you. Why can't you appreciate that? You're so ungrateful. You're so selfish. I can't believe you would feel that way. I can't believe you would feel that way. After everything I've done for you, you feel that way. All they're saying is I've, I've given you the world and because I don't understand why you feel the way that you feel. 
And instead of talking about it, it becomes a criticism. It becomes a breakdown and it starts getting into fights, which we're going to get into because that's a big part of how we're going to attack this. So, and I feel not validating your feelings is probably the biggest one because that's what we strive for as human beings, as men, right? We live in that stigma that nobody's going to validate who we are or my feelings aren't, aren't worth shit. So why am I even going to bother talking about them? That plays a big factor into the lifestyle and the childhood that we grew up in because we're told your feelings, you need to keep them to yourself. You shouldn't feel that way. You're this, you're that. I did this. I did that. And really trying to break away from that thought process and saying, no, my feelings are valid and I'm going to talk about them are huge, are absolutely huge. And it's going to make you stronger because of it. Even if they're not going to validate your feelings, you know, talk to a friend. It may not be the same family comfort or validation that, you, that you're looking for, but talking to a friend who can understand where you're coming from is going to help a long way in that as well too. And I already brought this word up. But this one's a big one. Is all these are big ones? But this one is is a culminator, belittling, belittling you. They're gonna praise you. They're gonna they're gonna think the world of you because you're doing everything that you're that they're doing. You're doing everything for them that they want. And then at the flip of a hat, they're just going to completely judge you and just make your head spin. You start hearing words like, I was just being sarcastic. I don't know why you have to take that so seriously. You know, I just joke. I don't know why you can't take a joke all of a sudden. I don't know why you're feeling, oh, you're feeling sad. Stop feeling sad. It was just a joke. Jesus, man up already. (laughs) And what they also tend to do is they do it in front of other people to prevent you from saying anything. They use that as a way. I'm not saying all of them do, but I would say a good majority of them use belittling in front of other people, friends, close friends, family, other family members, relatives, whoever to stop you or to deter you from saying anything. And then if you do, I can't believe you would say something like that in front of your grandmother and you would talk to you about your mom like that. You need to respect your elders. You need to respect your parents. And now they start building a coalition, an alliance against you that's just going to ultimately attack you because now you're expressing your feelings. Maybe this was the 100th time in a week and it just built up and that rage just finally let out and you let it slip. And they knew that that was going to happen, so they made sure somebody was around. I don't know. That, that's a scenario, but that's something to think about. Manipulation and control. I brought this up in the beginning with controlling. These two, they, they go hand in hand at the end of the day. They're, they're both sides of a coin. I like to use this analogy. If you guys remember, Dane Cook, yeah, I'm going to throw it out there, old reference, his brain ninja skit when you're dating somebody or you're with a, with a woman. You know, oh, blah, blah, they talk to you and they throw little jabs in there and you think you won the argument. And then, oh, my, my dad, it, I am a great father. I'm not just like my father. My father was a great man. Like, they throw stuff like that in there for you to make you fight against your fears and your doubts. You know, it, it's, a, it's a funny joke. It's something that gets laughed about, but it's true. They may not just come out immediately and say, you're selfish, you're ungrateful. They may throw something in there that works against your fears and your doubts, whether it's being a great dad a better son, a husband, whatever the case is, you know, they're going to throw something small in there that's not going to resonate with you in the middle of it, but it's going to sit and it's going to fester and it's going to spread more and more until it starts driving you insane. And then they're going to bring it back up. Oh, well, remember about this and this, and then it's going to be a trap to get you to manipulate and to keep control of everything that they're trying to build. 
And then, of course, it's always, we've been saying this before, but it's always, you're going to say that to me after all I've done for you. I've done so much for you, and you just can't go out and get a pizza for me after you work 12 hours and you just got home and there's another 15 minutes out the street. No, you're going to go out and you're going to do this because I've done so much for you. This is the least you can do for me. This is the absolute least you can do for me. So you're going to go out and you're going to do this for me, and you're going to like it, and you're not going to say no. Those are just some small things of manipulation and control. But I'm going to repeat this again down the line. The small things lead to massive impacts, both positively and negatively. And we're going to get to that in a minute. Another one that I liked was being inflexible or just giving just enough flexibility that they can use it for a quid pro quo down the line, right? Like we talked about that, this for that, the marginalization, saying things like, it's been like this forever. I'm not changing that now. What what are you talking about? Nobody else has a problem with this, so why am I going to change it just for you? Or fine, I'll do it this one time, but next time you're going to do X for me or you're going to do this. The last one is very big for you new dads, you expectant dads out there who are trying to start their own lives with their kids, with their families, or even if you've been a dad forever And this may be a case for you as well, too. Jealousy and possessiveness. This one doesn't get talked about a lot. We know it's out there, but we never really think about this. So I really want you guys to pay attention to this one. Think about the time when you met your significant other, when you met your wife and you brought them over to meet your parents for the first time. How did they act around them? Were they cheerful? Were they friendly? Were they they cool? Were they joking? Great. Usually most parents are going to be like that. Or were they just assholes? I don't know. But think about that time. And I want you to think about these points that I'm going to bring up. A narcissistic parent, they've spent so much time building you, shaping you, and molding you to fit them. Right? Your brain's not fully developed until you're about 25 years old. So depending on when you met your significant other spouse, you know, you may still be in your late teens, early 20s, maybe still living at home. So think about that for a minute, right? They spent all this time building you up, fostering you to build you in their image. This is who I am version of you. I don't know if that made sense, but I'm going to go with it anyway. When you start dating or you're getting married, they're going to try and manipulate and control your significant other so they don't lose what they built. They have that fear. They have that untimely fear of losing what they built and they don't want to lose that control. So they're going to try and do and say anything that they can to keep a tab on it. And they may seem like they're extremely happy, and maybe they are. Maybe they're extremely happy that you met somebody nice and they're great, that you're dating someone who ultimately you may spend the rest of your life with. But deep down, they have that envy and they have that jealousy. You may hear things like, oh, he's such a mama's boy, isn't he, as they're laughing and joking. And if you hurt my son, we're going to have problems. And when you're with my son, you're going to do things for me too. You're a part of this family now, so that means you're going to do X, Y, and Z. You're going to do running for me. These are just a couple tidbits of things that they may say around your significant other to say, hey, this is, you're part of this family now. Welcome to the family. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Oh, by the way, you're going to go and, you know, on your way up, can you pick up my medication? You know, let me start small. And then, oh, hey, uh, go grab us dinner and this and that. They're going to use that as, as a facet to say, you're part of the family now. You're great. You're, you're cool with us. But the moment you start fighting back, the moment you start giving in, or not giving in, but not giving any slack, it's going to be, I can't believe you did that. I don't know what I did. Why would you, why would you do, oh, they turned you this way. You were perfectly fine until you met them. 
And now all of a sudden you're acting this way. Well, I don't like that person anymore. I don't want you to see them anymore, right? Because they're jealous. They're losing that possessive control because you're starting to see things in a new light. I talked about this before and this is big. The small things have massive impact. They use big extravagant things to hide the small jabs. For example, you take a vacation every year, buy you all this, you know, $400, $500 worth of clothes for back to school. They're the cool parent. They let your friends come over. They let you have alcohol, whatever the case is, right? They're going to use all these big things, but in between the vacations and the school shopping and the friends coming over for the parties and getting drunk on Seagram's, whatever the case is, they're going to throw small jabs at you. They're going to belittle you. They're going to manipulate you. They're going to control you. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And then they come back and say, oh, I love you so much. You're a great son. And then when you bring up that one small time, it's going to be, well, remember when I took you on vacation and I did this or I spent all this money on a hotel room for you so you had somewhere to sleep and you had somewhere to vacation. You had... They use that as a bargaining chip when they do those small things to you to make you feel inadequate and say, that's not a big deal. I did all this other great shit for you here, but you're focusing on the small stuff. That small stuff pays massive interest, whether positive or negative. Those small things build and foster and control and ultimately form who we become. But we focus on the big things because they're the here, they're the now. They're the good memories that are set, but we never talk about the bad memories, the little jabs, the belittling, the control, the jealousy, all that stuff. That's what really controls and what gets stuck in your thoughts and what makes you second guess whether you're good enough as a man or good enough as a dad or even just good enough as a person in general. And then we feel so lost that we don't want to talk to anybody because nobody's going to understand us. Nobody knows the situation. Everybody's going to say, oh, your mom was great. They did all of this. I don't know why. Everybody already forms that basis to say, your parent was this. Your dad was this. Whatever. They did all these great things. I don't know why you're focusing on that. So now you feel like you're the black sheep, like you're the one lost in this fight because nobody understands what you're saying. Or nobody wants to validate what you're saying. And maybe they're not narcissists, but they only see the brighter side of things. They don't see the dark deep down and not validating what it is you feel. Or they tell you, well, you're a man, so suck it up anyway. That's part of being a man. Too bad. Ha ha ha. I gave you a lot of stuff there in quite a bit of time. I mean, I could have went all day on that stuff. But I gave you some of those, probably what I, what I think I said, seven or eight major tips or major signs, traits, and behaviors of a narcissistic parent. Something resonated with you in there. I know it had to of. I hope it did. Whatever didn't, just throw it the fuck out. I don't care. Use what's going to serve you at the end of the day. So now that we know what it is we're battling against, now we need to know how to actually battle it. I'm going to tell you guys this right now, and Ryan and I preach it. I preach it constantly. Negative for negative equals more negative, right? It does. The more negative you are, the more negative your thoughts are going to get, the more you're going to slide into a depression, into anxiety, into despair, into woe is me, into all this other shit, right? When you're dealing with a narcissistic parent or a narcissist in general or any toxic person for that matter, running on your emotions is going to lead to disaster. You're not in a good frame of mind to think and control the conversation and all you do is give them fuel when you run on your emotions. That's what they want. They want you to run on emotions. They want you to run on fear. They want you to run 
in a defensive position, put up walls, and they're going to try and find any way to break down those walls because they know the weaknesses. Think about that, guys, right? Talk about the military. We've been in the military. When you're developing an action plan, when you're going into raid, siege, attack, whatever, right? You do your recon. You may know the area. Maybe the first time you know the area. Let's say you're in a familiar area. You know their defenses. You know you have good intel, right? You have good intel on the situation. Same thing with the narcissist. They have good intel. They've raised you. They know your strengths. They know your weaknesses. They know what's going to make you tick and what's going to make you fall. So when you build up in that defensive position and you start battling with emotion, they already know that's exactly what they wanted because they see every single weakness. They know exactly where to attack. And if you built up one area, that's fine. They got 30 more around you that they know one's going to hit eventually and it's going to crack and it's going to fall. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for just one crack because they know one crack is going to bring them down. So they know you may have 30, 40 holes. It's easier for you to crack them down, but they're going to find that one and they're going to use everything they can to bring you down. Whether it's, you know, the trap of, well, you're going to, you're going to miss seeing this number come up when I'm gone, or you're saying that to me, I'm your mother. You need to respect me. You need to respect your elders. You're going to hold me from your son. You're going to hold me from your kid. And they're going to know that this is what you wanted just to try and work something in there. You're giving them home field advantage. Don't give them home field advantage when you're in a negative space. When it's a negative for a positive, it's going to level the playing field. They're in their negative side. You're in your positive side. Now you're counterbalancing everything, right? You're making it equal. That negative for negative, I guarantee you've been in multiple fights before. And what has that done? It's made you feel like shit. But I have a tool that's going to help you when we all wrap this up. That negative for positive It's going to level out your playing field. It's going to make things fair. It's going to make things, it's going to give you more control to attack. It may give them something to work with, but it's not going to be a lot to light the fire with, guys. You know, you may be positive and you may say something in there or just not try and fight with emotion. And they may try and attach on like your feelings because you said, I feel like you, like you've been manipulating me my whole life, whatever the case is. And they're just going to go off of that. I did not fucking manipulate you. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. And that's all they're going to run with, right? If you start attacking an emotion and you start saying other things, now they have more fuel to add to the fire. That's all they have. If you just stick to one, two points, two valid points for yourself, it's going to weigh a lot more and it's going to dim that fire down a lot. And it's not going to give them a lot to run with. So I want you to remember that. If they're even texting or messaging you, even if this isn't in a face-to-face or a phone call situation, that's even better, right? Because you're learning and growing. You're, You're becoming better. You're becoming more positive when you're listening to this podcast. I hope you are at least, Um, but that's even better. It gives you time to control your emotions before you attack. It gives you time to plan out your assault. You know, everybody, when they're texting, they feel like they have to text back immediately, right? We're on the defense. If somebody shoots us a text, boom, boom, I have to respond back right now. No, you don't. Do what serves you. Do what's going to make you better. If you're going to sit there for a couple minutes, read the text, read it a couple times and say, okay, I'm going to say this instead of saying what I would normally do. Boom, send. There you go. Now you're in more control of that situation. That's even better. If it's not a text or if you're face-to-face or around family, keeping a calm demeanor. Let them be the ones to yell. Let them be the ones to continue to belittle you. Where kindness kills. 
I love Gary V, Dean Graziosi. I talk about I talk about Dean all the time, but even like Gary Vanerchuk, great entrepreneur, lives in a positive world. Kindness fucking kills, guys. It does. If you wear a smile on your face, and you know they may say, "Oh, what do you think this is a joke?" No, I just I understand where you're coming from. I'm so sorry you feel that way. This is not what I wanted. You know, I'm just uh, you always told me to tell you how I'm feeling. I'm telling you how I'm feeling. That right there, instead of, you know, I never fucking said that. I can't believe you're just getting into that back and forth, right? Different tone, different demeanor, fighting with emotion than with a positive. So keep that in mind. One thing too, give them what they don't give you, right? I just went through that whole seven, seven, eight page or seven, eight points on things that narcissists, their traits. If they don't validate your feelings, validate their fucking feelings. If they're saying, you know, I can't believe you think I fucking manipulate you, just be like, I'm so sorry that you feel like I manipulated you. That was never my intention or that you feel like I said you manipulated me. That was never my intention. What my intention was, was to say, I feel as though you manipulated me or whatever, whatever the instance is, right? You're taking that off of you. You're not making it about you. I mean, you're still making it about you, but you're saying, I understand where you're coming from, and I'm sorry you feel that way, but this is really what I wanted to get across at the end of the day. So that's something to keep in mind as well. When is it time to distance yourself and cut the ties? That is up to you. If you feel like you can't cut the ties and distance yourself from this narcissistic parent, it's understandable. You spent your whole life with them. I mean, you spent your entire life with them, so it's understandable that you would feel that way. Just be prepared to wear a fake persona and walk on eggshells because you feel like you can't say the right thing around them or you have to be a different version of yourself. You have to be a version of yourself that doesn't serve you or your family. Just remember that. Your mental health for you and your family is way too important to fuck it up, guys. It's way too important. Even with a narcissistic parent, the smallest bits of toxicity to enter are going to destroy from the inside. You know, you could say, oh, yeah, they said that, whatever, I don't care about it, and you're going to let it sit. Deep down, you fucking care about it. You know, I always have a hard time with working the, oh, yeah, I don't really care about that. I'm starting to worry more and more of not really truly giving a shit, but there are still times where I do kind of care because that's who I am, and I'm working to rebuild myself, right? This is a never-ending process. But if they say something toxic or you catch on that brain ninja that they threw in there and you don't do anything to combat that, guess what that's going to do? It's going to spread, it's going to spread, and it's going to spread. Toxicity spreads more toxicity. So don't let it enter. If it does, kill it immediately. Kill it immediately. Don't let it sit. Don't let it fester. Whether you have to talk to somebody about it to get another perspective, listen to us. I don't care what it is. Just do something to make sure it dies right there and doesn't give it a chance to spread. Like I already said, cutting the ties and distancing yourself from them is extremely, extremely hard. It's going to weigh huge dividends in the long in the long run because you're not going to have that anxious feeling when they call and you see that name pop up and you get small and you're just like, I don't really want to fucking talk to you. And I know if I talk to you, it's going to be nothing but fake bullshit. Why am I going to put myself through that? Why do you want to put yourself through that? You know, if you have them on social media, don't play into the social media crutch. You know, I, I like to say this, the people who are the wrongest are the ones to make themselves look the nicest. I want you to think about that. The people who are in the most wrong will do whatever it takes to make themselves seem the best. 
And you see this a lot on social media. The woe is me people, right? They're posting all these motivational, oh, I'm so sad. I'm this, I'm that. Oh, this is uh, everything I do. I'm such a nice person, but this happens and this happens, right? They don't take responsibility for their actions. And what are they looking for? They're looking for the five-minute comment coach that says, preach. I understand. Oh, that's I understand too. I'm so sorry you're battling through that. They're not looking for full validation or, well, why did this happen? Well, why do you think this happened? No, they're looking for, I agree with you. They're looking for that admiration, that affection, that attention. The people who don't go out there and post blatantly on social media or talk all the time to other people, they're the ones that are going out there. They're putting in their reps. They let their actions speak louder than their words, boys. Let your actions speak loud. What you do is going to weigh a lot more than what you say out there in the world. If you put in your reps and you go out and you do and you execute, that's going to weigh a hell of a lot more than you just posting some sappy shit on Facebook hoping for a five-minute comment, coach. You better hope somebody actually comes out and say, hey, man, I saw your post on Facebook. What's going on? Well, why do you feel that way? What are some things that you could have did better? You better hope that happens because guess what? That's going to get you uncomfortable. That's going to get you growing, right? The narcissists out there in the world, they're not going to look for that. They don't want that because it's not their fault and they don't know, they don't believe anything's wrong with them. So it's not your fault and it's not their fault. You didn't turn them this way. Their life happened. Their experiences happened. You may feel like the outcast in your family now and that's perfectly okay. Knowing you don't have to wear a fake persona around others is so freeing and other members in your family could start to see now that the curtain has been drawn down. Now that it's been draped over, whatever the case is, walking away from them is a good thing for both you and them. It protects you and it protects them. So I said I have something that's going to help you out with this today, guys. Here is your call to action. This can be used almost anywhere, anytime, anything. If you are somebody who's dealing with a narcissistic parent or you have narcissism in your life and you want to get rid of it, whether it's relation, well, I don't care what it is, but for the purpose of this episode, we're talking narcissistic parents. So if you have a narcissistic parent in your life and you realize you do or you knew you had one, I want you to do this. I want you to take out a piece of paper and I want you to draw two parallel lines, right? And on the first line, what I want you to do is that's going to be the first one is if you did nothing. If you knew you had that narcissistic parent in your life and you did nothing to cut ties or distance yourself from them. And what I want you to do is I want you to draw some lines. Draw five, six lines, whatever, and I want you to put them out to 30 days, 90 days, six months, a year, two years, five years, 10 years, however long you want to go. I would say at least a year out. You want to plan for a year out. And I want you to really sit down and look at it. Okay, in 30 days, if I do nothing, how am I going to feel? Am I still going to have that anxiety? Am I still going to have some depression? Am I going to be a better person for myself and my family? 60 days, same thing. Does it get a little bit worse? Am I still really anxious? Am I getting maybe into more fights with them? Is stuff building and I'm not really able to control it? Six months, same thing. A year from now, looking out a year from now, are we at each other's throats? Am I still wearing a fake persona? Am I who I want to be? Not who I need to be, but who I need to be and who I want to be. Five years, whatever. But I want you to do that as if you did absolutely nothing and let the universe just kind of roll on and hope for the best. And then for the second line, I want you to do the opposite of that. 
I want you to look at, okay, if I took action today to cut ties or distance myself from this, how would I look? How would I feel 30 days from now? Would I have a lot less anxiety? Would I feel more productive? Would I start feeling better about myself? 60 days, same thing. Am I starting to get more productive? Am I becoming happier? Am I more positive? Am I, whatever the case is, I'm rebuilding, right? I'm, I'm broken down, I'm starting to rebuild. Six months from now, same thing. Am I becoming happier? Am I waking up every day and I'm saying I'm grateful for this fucking day? I'm ready to attack it and I'm ready to kill it. Am I saying stuff like that? Am I influencing other people to start doing other things, right? This is where I said this could, this could work for almost anything, and it's a great tool. I absolutely love it. A year from now, am I finally starting that business I want to do? Am I doing the things that serves me as a man, as a father, as a fucking person? Am I doing those things? That's your call to action. I want you to take that, and I want you to do it. 10, 15 minutes. That's all it takes. 15 minutes to start changing your life forever. If I didn't take the action, what would my life be like a year from now? If I took the action today, what is my life going to look like a year from now? There you go. I want to thank you all for tuning into this episode of the Fearless Fathers podcast. It is absolutely awesome. I'm, I'm really hoping that you got something out of this mindset mastery class. This is something that is going to go a long way in helping you become a more and better fearless father. If you like what we do and you want to continue to support this project any way you can, share this with your friends, share this with your family, share this with those that need that extra little step to become more fearless, right? We're not in this fight alone. We grow stronger in numbers, guys. And the more numbers we have, the stronger we can become, the louder our voice can be. So if you want to support this, share this with your friends and family members. Support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar. A dollar a month is going to go a long long way in supporting this movement that Ryan and I are building. This podcast is continuing to grow. Go to our shop. Check us out at fearlessfathers.net. There's a little bit of stuff in there you can check out. You can check out our store. We have some t-shirts and hoodies, and uh, we have face masks out there too for uh, corona that's still going on. So if you want to support that, you could go grab one of those. Uh, We're going to be adding more mugs in there. I forgot to put the mugs in the shop, so that's my bad. But go check that out. Go buy a p- go buy some merch. It's a lot cheaper than when it was in our Teespring store. We were able to find distributors that were able to get us a cheaper price on shipping and the overall price for slightly better quality. So go ahead and check out our store on fearlessfathers.net. You could find all of our social medias and everything there as well too. Shoot us a line if you want to if you want to be a guest on our show or if you want to share your story with Ryan and I, shoot us an email at fearlessfatherspodcast@gmail.com. At let us know if you want to remain anonymous, if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to be on the podcast, that's fine. If you want to share your story, but you want to remain anonymous with other people and want to be a guest, I dig that too. We're all growing and we're all becoming stronger in our own way. Your child learns and grows every single day. Just because you're an adult does not mean you cannot do the same, boys. We are in this fight. We are learning and growing every single day. We are breaking down the stigma of what it means to be a father one brick at a time, one day at a time, one step at a time. And together, we're going to embrace the fear. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.